to the Juicy Community Podcast. My name is Liz Elam. I'm the founder of Juicy and I'm slightly co-working obsessed. Juicy holds in-person events, online events, and has a thriving global community membership. This October, we're launching Juicy Masterminds, which is a new series coming your way. Please follow us on social for more information or sign up for our amazing newsletter, which we only send out once a month. So it's packed full of information. But today, we're super excited to welcome Neil Gamasmer, the VP of International at Yardi. First of all, Neil, thank you so much for coming, and we would love to hear how you're doing. It's a crazy time. Yeah, Liz, so first of all, thanks so much for inviting me. It's great to be on the podcast. It certainly is an interesting time for for so many reasons, and I don't think any of us would have thought either at the beginning of 2020 or 12 months ago that the world would have, to a degree, changed because of the situation with with COVID over the past six months. But uh, it's been fascinating both from a personal point of view and on one side. I'm normally on an airplane once a week. And like many others, I haven't been on an airplane for about six months. My last trip was to London in early March. And luckily enough for me, my family and my wife has uh, not kicked me out, nor have they changed the, the <laughs> keys to home. And um, and the second big observation would be is that our global organization now, about 7,300 employees at Yardi, all shifted wow. to a work-from-home environment too, except for about 2% of our employees. And that's gone resoundedly well. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. how everyone has to embrace technology to make the situation change and happen. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you based now? I'm based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I've been here Mm -hmm. now for about four years. Previous to that, I was based in Hong Kong out in Asia Pacific. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And how are things in Amsterdam right now? Amsterdam, as I look out the window, and I live fairly central, is remarkably uh, normal, I I must say. Mm. And that COVID, whereas it's affected the Netherlands, the situation hasn't to a degree, the country has not locked down as much as other locations across the UK or across Europe, including the UK. And schools are returning to normal, businesses are open, and the situation seems to be manageable to date. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm in Austin, Texas. It was kind of under control for a little while and then it spiked wildly and now it's going in the right direction again, but everybody's kind of holding their breath with all the colleges coming back and just waiting to see what happens and see see where it goes. It was interesting though. I was on actually Juicy Asia Pacific has been happening and we were talking with some of our friends in China on Monday and they were like, it's 100% back to normal. And that was in Hangzhou and Shanghai. So good to hear that there are places that are back to normal. And it seems like Amsterdam's doing pretty well. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I guess that being said, there's still uncertainty as to whether the businesses and the environments will go on a circuit breaker, as they say in Singapore, or further lockdown. So we're, mm-hmm. we're cautiously optimistic, both in terms of what needs to take place, but optimistic in terms of what the, the, the business surroundings for our sectors of real estate we'll be doing over the next few years. Right. Well, I'm super fascinated. 7,000 employees is a lot to send home. And I've been a real advocate of people trying to get back to work as soon as it's safe for the community elements of it and for their mental health. And was just curious um, kind of what Yardi's looking at 
you know, longer term as far as giving employees more of a choice of where they work. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I would say for the most part, we haven't had a robust work from home policy, to be honest, in mm-hmm. that we have just a, a an enormous amount of different offices, both in terms of traditional long-term corporate occupier leases, as well as we're a big fan of flexible office space. So, you know, across mm-hmm. international markets and even in North America, we have quite a few employees that still had a desk in a space, but in a flexible office environment. And that's been really helpful. I certainly think that one of the things that that COVID has, or a result of COVID, and maybe in a positive sense of the few things that you can draw out, is the fact that there is greater comfort, not only at Yardi, but across most organizations, I would say, of enabling people to not have to be in that big corporate office every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that policies will evolve, and they certainly are at Yardi specifically, in that enabling employees, not just during this period of time, because again, we're all working from home for the majority of the the part, but for a longer term view that one is almost the dismantling of larger corporate offices into smaller hub and spokes, and then also Mm -hmm. providing greater flexibility for employees to work at home for certain days of the month or or greater flexibility Mm -hmm. in that side. So, um, And I think that will be interesting in terms of the impact in a positive sense on the demand for flexible space as more and more corporates Mm -hmm. look to flexible space and flexible space with with those design, you know, one uses the term flex space or co-working or traditional business centers, but that's, Mm -hmm. it's just the ability to have additional flexibility rather than having traditional five and 10 year long leases. Yeah, absolutely. We've been saying from the beginning that once this is over, this is going to be great for our sector because corporations send everybody home, but when they discovered was it's distracting, it's hard to work while you're also trying to conduct a schoolhouse. The doorbell rings, the phones ring, it's super hard. And then if you're home alone, you know, we have an epidemic of depression. Sending people home alone is tough. And there was an article yesterday that came out that said the younger workers want back more than the older workers because so many of them are home alone. And I mean, can you imagine if you were alone this whole time? It'd be devastating mentally. So I think there's going to be a great shift to choice for the workers, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, no, we certainly agree. And, and also see the observation that maybe in a sense that, you know, the group that was traditionally or the demographic within the workforce that traditionally wanted much more mm-hmm. flexibility to work from home tended to be, let's say, millennials, to, to use a term, rather than other demographics or age groups. And now it's almost flipped, right, in terms of the folks who want to get back to work sooner uh, mm-hmm. or the employee demographic are, are younger folk rather than perhaps individuals that feel more comfortable working from home. But that could also also just be primarily because of the family unit that they're also in. Well, and I think the other thing about Gen Z that I really like is they're very focused on health and wellness. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to really drive some big change in our industry that we're super excited about. But I could totally get off on a tangent on health and wellness <laughs> and talk about COVID for this whole time, but I'm here to learn. So, you know, Yardi is such a huge company and you're serving so many roles out there and you guys have really grown a lot and you've been around for three decades. That's right a lot of people don't know. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys got started and where you're at today and a little bit about your leader because I'm a big super fan of him. Yeah, so first of all, Yardi has been around, as you say, for just more than three decades. We were founded back in 1984 in Santa Barbara, California. 
And it's a little bit of a California garage story, in a sense, in that Anand Tiardi, so our, our founder and the CEO, founded the company in his living room. And he had been a, an engineer with Unisys and Burroughs. And he had this requirement and had some friends who had a requirement for having a better platform to be able to manage an apartment block. And so Anand developed Giardi's first platform, which was called Basic Property Management. And and from that period of time of the first initial few employees in Santa Barbara, over the last 35 years, we've grown into a global organization still privately held with over 7,300 employees. We service clients across 80 plus different countries. We've got 10,000 plus clients. And the remarkable thing too is that it's been three decades of innovation. And, and for us, it's just amazing from having that first initial property management system that was residential centric on a DOS-based platform that was built on an Apple machine and environment through to now having cloud-based platforms. And we've been, Yardi's been in the cloud for the past 20 years, so it's not new to us, but certainly the infrastructure and the security and the technology within how we provide cloud-based solutions has changed. And we're now the the largest provider of software and services in, in the real estate industry on a global basis. But I think what makes it unique too is that we understand that real estate is defined very granularly in terms of the different types of sector. And so whether it's a commercial asset, whether it's a, uh, so within commercial, whether it's retail, office, industrial, and all the subsectors, whether it's in multifamily and residential and student homes and their housing and military, subsidized, affordable, and then this co-working and flexible space. And so over the last three years, we've been investing heavily into this category because we feel it's so important in terms of how corporate occupiers and owners and investors are going to look at the importance of having flexibility in terms of how they manage real estate. Awesome. And, you know, you mentioned you guys are still privately owned, which is amazing. What influence does that have on the business and how it's run and the culture you guys maintain? I think that's a great... You've got a great reputation. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think that there's, you know, part of the the, the corporate culture on our side or, or the ethos, the DNA of, of Yardi is very much focused at taking care of our clients, taking care of our employees, and growing the company. Obviously, that's important. And over the last 35 years, we've grown average 15% per year. But the fourth tenant is really in regards to taking care of our communities too. And so Yardi has uh, taking care of our communities in terms of both Yardi itself acting as a nonprofit in terms of initiatives that we have in some of the biggest slums in India, as an example. But Mm. more importantly, or equally as important, each office actually has a budget on an annual basis to be able to provide support to charities of where our employees live in the communities. And and then there's other examples in terms of obviously with COVID has been a, a huge impact to just um, communities worldwide and, and the amounts of money that we've given to organizations, whether it's focused on food banks, as an example, or I would say is earlier in 2020, the fires that swept through the West Coast or the East Coast of Australia and, and the charity giving that we gave. But I think private ownership allows us to focus on those four core tenants of the company rather than having to focus on a stock price and reporting to external shareholders or worrying about, you know, will we go public and 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 kind of creating a different behavior of employees. And so I think that's been really important for our ability to build culture and then replicate that culture as we've also expanded into international markets is stay focused on the space, stay focused on innovation in the space and be able to add value to, to clients and our employees over time. I love it. It really sounds like you guys have a real culture of giving and that that's amazing. That's 
great. And, you know, one of the things I recognize from Yardi during this time is I speak to Yardi folks all over the world. And what I loved was everybody told me you guys had the same focus. And it was like, put our own needs on the side and go focus on our customers. And like, don't even worry about the profitability right now, just help people. And I was like, that's amazing. And then I heard it over and over and over. And it actually reminded me of my days at Dell. And when Dell was private, everybody knew the Dell business model and anyone in that company could tell you about it. And to me, that was one of the great strategic advantages. And when we went public, that went away. So I think there's some real value to staying private. Yeah, it's it certainly worked for us and it, it takes some of the pressures off of everyone to a degree. But what it doesn't do is take the competitive pressure to innovate and service your customers away. It almost increases the so, focus. Yeah. So what would you say your competitive advantage is? I would say our competitive advantage is in a few areas. And one would be is that we focus on only real estate. And I think that would be an important part. I think the second part would be is that we focus on real estate and the different sectors of real estate too. And so we understand how specifically, whether it's business processes or how innovation works, and that ownership of real estate increasingly is multi-sector. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I think this idea of having a fully connected solution is super important too that's in the cloud because it allows you to have a single source of truth. It allows you to have consistency on data in terms of how business Mm -hmm. is driven, the ability to use that data for additional business decision capabilities, whether it's how to better service a client, when to buy or sell an asset, and also then ultimately is to be able to leverage off of machine learning and AI technologies more effectively. Mm-hmm. So that that awesome. to us yeah, has been you- kind of the, you know the, those core building blocks. And when we've done acquisitions, which we've also done 20, 25 acquisitions over the years, our view has always been is to rebuild the technology or redevelop the acquisition or the acquired firm back into a Yardi framework rather than just connecting multiple different legacy platforms. It's always with yeah. the mind of, of building a, build, using the foundation that we've built and building on top of that. So smart, so smart. And I and I think, you know, that is one area that I think kind of co-working could get a little bit better at because we're such a new thing still. Knowing the data, we don't even know how many spaces there are in the world, right. you know? And so, so there's just a lack of data for co-working operators and knowing your numbers is so crucial to decision-making. So I love that you guys are, are doubling down on co-working and flex. And I'd love to hear some of the insights into the driving factors behind you already taking that bold step. Yeah, so a few thoughts and observations on our side. And, you know, I guess we have to turn back the calendar by three years. And one is certainly that there was disruption in the flex space caused by the likes of WeWork and others, and not to say that they invented the space, but there was kind of a paradigm shift there. Mm -hmm. And so that was interesting. But what we also saw is an increased demand from clients, traditional large corporate owners, that having flexible space was going to be part of their plans. Mm -hmm. And the second part too, what we were hearing from our large multifamily clients, so clients who own large apartment or communities by which they were also looking at increasingly having flexible office space or facilities within their communities so that it would also enable a different option for people who were 
working from home or entrepreneurs who didn't want to work out of their living room or their bedroom, but could have a space in a, in a multifamily platform. And so that was kind of the, the impetus for us to invest. And we did two acquisitions in the space. Uh, one was of One Systems in the US. And the second one was a company called Phoenix Broadband Limited based up in Sterling, Scotland. And so we redeveloped the entire One platform into a Yardi platform. So it took the entire framework and put it into an Angular framework, fully connected and integrated back into the core Yardi general ledger. And that's one of the things that we see so important is is not to disconnect the financial transaction engine with the space and the membership uh, Mm -hmm. engine. And then PBL was important to us because it provides a fully connected data voice and Wi-Fi management platform that's so important in terms of how buildings and technology are managed. And that was kind of the impetus. And that's been going well. COVID, I think, has actually accelerated the thought process in terms of why we're in the space. Because again, we increasingly see, and this is reflected with our with our largest clients who are landlords, is that corporate occupiers are most likely going to decrease the amount of space that they rent, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, that they'll probably have shorter lease terms too to provide more flexibility. And that's driving this requirement then to enable these either these owners or these managers to be able to have flexible space within those buildings. So mm-hmm. the number of employees may still be the same that actually work out of that space, but not all of the time. They don't need physical desks and the, cor- the corporate occupiers don't necessarily want to be able to manage the space themselves. So I think it's almost mm-hmm. a perfect storm in terms of what's happened this year in terms of how space utilization and space planning and how corporate occupiers are going to allow their employees greater flexibility from working from different environments. And the flex space is just such an important part of having a technology layer that meets those requirements as well. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited that COVID has accelerated some of the things that I think needed change. Yeah. So it's it's really, I think, going to be super fun to watch. So, you know, speaking of the co-working slash flex sector, how do you see that developing over the next five years, especially considering COVID? COVID and what impact it's had on people's ability to work away from the office? Well, one is I think that the model or the models and the variations of flex and co-working space are going to become more varied. And an example Mm -hmm. of that would be is traditional business centers, which are mainly one lets space to organizations or, but there's no membership component, right? You rent a five person Mm -hmm. office in space number, location number X. And now these days you also have concepts of memberships, which isn't new necessarily, but also then the ability to rent meeting rooms and other components. And I think all of that will become much more combined. And I think that in itself will then challenge the traditional operators in terms of how they provide flexibility to their customers, members, clients, and in terms of being able to service those type of needs. So, you know, I need long-term space, but I also want casual space. Ideally, I want to be able to have space across town, not just one location. I want to maybe just rent a meeting room. You know, I need additional amenities, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point that it's no different than as you go to booking.com and you then need to be able to book your hotel, your rental car, your airline to other amenities and travel perks that you mm-hmm. want to be able to do. So I think that type of e-commerce engine and that thought is, is will be prevalent in the flex co-working space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also going to be interesting to see what some of these landlords and developers do because it's like, if you've got a great coffee shop in your space, do you then decide that you're going to go into the coffee shop business? No. But a lot of times they see a really good co-working operator and they're like, oh, I can do that. And they think it's just, you know, desks and coffee. And it's so much more than that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think if 
you know, an example would be is one of the fastest growing co-working companies globally. It was all going really well until they started losing people and the people became disenfranchised with their brand and the service levels mm-hmm. crashed. And yep. that's our experience too. And that, and mm-hmm. we have, you know, X amount of different offices and it's a people's business at the end of the day, right? And so, you know, it's that mixture between, okay, you're renting, you know, at the end of the day, it's renting space. But the more that you do on the front office and the more that you do on the amenity side, it's a hospitality business at the end of the day. Totally. And quality is, yep. that's a very different business than just space management. Totally. Well, switching back a little bit over to Yardi, um, how has business been over the last four months? And what are you guys doing differently? And if anything... How is having insights from the real estate sector helped you inform your decision making? And, you know, question number seven in this is what do you think is going to happen to the real estate sector after this? So we were exposed quite early to COVID because we have operations in Asia. And so we have an office in Shanghai, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Tokyo, as an example. And so those closed down fairly quickly in the cycle back in February, the first few weeks of February. I would say that we've been pleasantly surprised at the continuation of business in terms of a few things. One is that our existing clients and projects that have been underway, for the most part, they've accelerated these projects because they They now see Mm -hmm. the importance of being more digitized, and that's a broad term, but having better platforms in place that allow them to communicate to prospects, members, tenants, residents, their internal employees and suppliers. That's more important than ever to be able to do in a digital format. And so those large projects and small projects have continued. And I think the overall transition from working face-to-face, which primarily has been the mode, to working online, whether it's via Zoom or Teams or you know, choose your online platform. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that we've seen is an increased amount of adoption of certain products to enable this from the installed base. And we've also been seeing more inbound demand, both in terms of, I, I would say, casual inquiries, those have continued, but then also formal requests for proposals, so RFPs and RFIs. Mm-hmm. And so at this point in time, we're cautiously optimistic. Yet at the same time, we're curious to understand and appreciate that that COVID is still brings a lot of uncertainty. And until employees of companies feel secure to go back to work, i.e. corporate occupiers in terms of, you know, London right now, as an example, there's statements that less than 20% of employees of companies in London are back to work. The majority are working from home. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. you know, as long as that continues, there's still a, a large amount of uncertainty in several aspects of, of real estate. And so I think this will then be something that we'll, we'll look out for. But again, we're we're cautiously optimistic and we continue to invest in our operations overseas and expand our operations overseas. So one last big question, and then we'll have a fun question. Where do you see that technology will have the most significant impact in the coming decade in this sector? I think that the, the biggest impact will be is the continued disruption of being able to minimize the amount of interaction that you need with, I'll say, people to do a transaction. Mm-hmm. And an example being the same amount of disruption that's happened in the travel industry. And if one looks back pre-internet times where you had to go to an airline's office or a travel agent, and that's how you would do all your bookings, that no longer is the case. Mm -hmm. And I think you know that would be a base example by which over the next 10 years, the ability to do a transaction online, whether that's rent a space, rent a meeting room, do a payment, change a reservation, whatever it may be for real estate, that will be more frictionless per se. Yeah, I think that's 
super interesting. And I recently read that your company motto is take care of clients, take care of our employees, take care of our community, stay focused and grow. I love that. Do you feel like you guys are on track over the last four months? That's a good question too. I would have to say an eight or a nine. And rather than saying a a 10, because there's bound to be improvements in anything one does and realize that you know, through the learnings, one could say in terms of preparedness, but I would say, you know, an eight, nine, close to a 10 rather than a perfect score. Well, amazing. I love that. And I love your um, humility. I think, like I said, I was so impressed with the way the message was very consistent. And I absolutely love y'all's focus on helping change the world and addressing areas that are struggling. And it's very admirable and unique. So bravo. Okay, now for my one fun question. So I am a avid traveler, so I love asking this question. So clearly you've been all over the world, Neil. I'm not giving you a ticket. But if I were to give you a ticket to anywhere in the world that you've already been and you can go there tomorrow, where would you go and why? Uh, So that's actually an easy one. So I would go back to a place called Misool, M-I-S-O-O-L, Eco Resort. It is a dive resort in Raja Ampat in Indonesia, and it Mm. takes forever to get there. But once Mm -hmm. you're there, and it's a relatively small resort, was founded about eight years ago. And it was established on an island that used to be focused on shark finning. And so the Mm. area was desolated. And it's this amazing story about this couple and who have created a eco-resort, but more importantly, have taught the local communities in this part of remote Indonesia to respect nature, not to overfish, and created habitats of safety zones for the marine environment. And the amount Mm. of uh, how the corals have come back, how the manta rays have come back, how the sharks have come back, it's just, it's, it's an amazing place. So we went there five years ago, and it's on the Papua New Guinea side, so Rajat Ampat, um, far away from, from mm-hmm. Bali and Jakarta. But it's an amazing place to go to and for so many reasons in terms of what one can do to reinvigorate an environment even though it hasn't been take of and taken care of in the past. And it's just a great example of, of nature and, and what the human spirit can do. Oh, I love that. That's a great story. And it's interesting. So Indonesia is very high on my list. I've never been. I've got to get back to Italy probably before that, but then I will be actually going to Indonesia for the first time. So I will absolutely add that on my list. And it's so fun because I ask this question a lot and I've gone to places because of people's responses. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a magical place. and But at the same time, there's lots of magical places around the world. And, yeah, uh, you it's know, hard. It's, it's actually a really hard question, but it's certainly during these times, some, some place that my family and I have always wanted to go back to and will, but it's far away too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you all get back soon. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Yardi is such a great company. We love working with you guys and we super appreciate your time and getting to understand more about where you're at. And we look forward to watching your journey from here. So thank you so much, Neil. Liz, thanks again so much for having us uh, on today. Really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Well, don't forget to follow Juicy on social media. You can find all things Juicy at GCUC.co. And have a fantastic day. Bye.